Cancel culture is real. CrossPolitik is on the front lines of this battle with the goal of creating a Christian television network and platform where we can't be canceled and where content creators will have the freedom to glorify God. Our goal is to create a space for like-minded businesses to thrive on this platform and to reach an audience that will not only buy your products and services, but also support your business when the heat of cancel culture comes your way. We want our platform to help you create an anti-fragile business as we bring together Christians from all over the world to tune in. With millions of downloads a year, access to DirecTV, Xfinity, and social media outlets, we are excited to partner with you. So, if you own a business and believe in this vision, then you need to call me. I'm Garrison Hardy, and I am the business development rep at CrossPolitik and the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. We are looking for businesses, large or small, that not only have great products and services, but also understand that the cultural battle that is impacting the business climate here and now. I have a background in marketing, and I'd love to help you advertise your business on CrossPolitik. Give me a call at 208-792-1290 or email me at garrison at fightlaughfeast.com. Welcome to Cross Politics Midweek Fix. Yes, we're airing in the evening on Wednesday now. Uh oh. Yeah, we're doing a. We're, we're, we're adjusting the time frame. Is this past my bedtime? We're you know trying to optimize. <laughs> <laughs> Probably for Pastor Anything Toby. Anything past three afternoon is about. Pastor Toby Chuck Knox. I'm the Water Boy, and we got uh, CEO of Cyber Ninja Doug Loman on. But first, before we get into the Arizona audit and all things Maricopa, I got two things I want to bring to you. Uh, we got two university courses coming up. Christian Faith and Technology by Dr. Thomas Price. He's going to be teaching an online course. It's basically uh, uh, $200 um, kind of per family or per house yeah. uh, and everything. And it's a great time. Tom, doc, Dr. Thomas Price will be there live and instruction in the Zoom room. Live, so so live, if you got like Zoom. a small group, like get 15 of your friends together. It's, yeah, 100%. Um, $10. It's, it's a fantastic <laughs> course. That's right. <laughs> this course is an introduction to moral theology and its assessment of spiritual, intellectual, and ethical implications of advanced technology on our lives. And it probably applies to this show. Probably does. It probably does. And then don't forget comedian John Brannion. Life is hardy, hard, hard. A comedian workshop for Christians. We need much more of this kind of stuff. Yeah. We need more comedian workshops. Well, life on earth is not for sissies. Every day presents you with trials and tribulations that can rob your joy and make laughter impossible. But that's not how it's supposed to be for Christians. So make sure you guys sign up. Those uh, workshops, um, uh, university courses, start next week. And they're, they're live instruction. They go for about seven weeks, and then and then, then you're done. So go to flfnetwork.com. Click on FLF University. There's a button. Neil, can you put that button right in front of that finger? <laughs> FLF University. He's <laughs> 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 uh, a wizard. And click on uh, FLF University, and you can get to, to sign in up and register now. Um, classes are um, filling, filling up. up. Yeah. Filling up. Yeah. Hey, with us today. Hey, I want that breaking news. Um, you want, okay. The breaking news okay. sound. Well, can, got that? Can, got that? Got the break, it, breaking news. Here we go. Hey. You <laughs> ask and I give. Man, that's my favorite. Can you do it again? <laughs> yes, I, I actually really can do it again. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you. you can. <laughs> With us. Oh, this you got to get your timing. You got to work on your timing know, on that a little just, better time. I'm just so excited about the music. With yeah. us also, we've got Douglas Logan. He's handled cybersecurity for major companies and organizations around the country, such as the FCC, J.P. Morgan Chase, mm-hmm. Bank of America, Citibank. A lot of banks are oh. there. Uh, in 2015, he was named winner of the prestigious Sands 
2015 Difference Makers Award. He founded Cyber Ninjas in 2013 and is the CEO. And Cyber Ninjas has been in the news a bit because they're responsible <laughs> for the Maricopa County, Arizona 2020 election vote audit. Is that wow. official? Doug, thanks for joining us on Cross Politic. Uh, thanks for having me. You know, um, is this is this your first interview regarding the Arizona election? Because I, I hope it is. <laughs> I, it's not the first. I'm sorry. I, I mean, of course you're the first. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. I tried. I tried. I was like, Doug, Doug, it looks like the report's dropping. Please come on the show. It's the first. You were so close. I had interviews this morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. It was the. It's the first Idaho. There you go. Podcast. Uh, absolutely. Interview. Absolutely. From Moscow. With from Christians the fastest growing. <laughs> That's it. So, um, Doug, help us remember. I mean, it's been crazy. And yeah. there's all of the things happening. I mean, I, I know you were, you know, there's, anyways, wh- how did the Maricopa County audit come to happen? I mean, I th- there was, you know, uh, January 6th, the president, there was storming the Capitol. There was election in November. And then, and then I, then I, <laughs> and then I heard you were doing an audit in Arizona. So how did this happen? I I, I don't really know. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> it just ended up here. So uh, from what I understand, before I entered the scene with it with the Arizona audit, um, the the Senate wanted an audit to be done. They specifically wanted to work with Maricopa County in order to pick a vendor and make sure that it happened. Um, when they actually put the subpoena to make it all happen, Maricopa County refused. It went to court cases. Eventually, the, the courts ruled that, in fact, the, the Arizona Senate could, in fact, um, have, could, in fact, uh, subpoena things, and they could, in fact, cause an investigation like this. Um, and that's when they started to look at vendors, and we were one of the vendors that they chose to, to look at. And by, by God's grace, we were who was chosen. Um, there, there's a little bit more more to that story. I don't know how much you want me to go into now, but so this is short, tight version. That's great. And and then talk to us about. I mean, one of the other things that's been in the news. I mean, since you guys jumped in, was you know everybody's. I mean, I don't know about everybody, but you know the Associated Press and everybody else is talking about all the problems with your auditing yeah. process. I mean, there, I don't know. There was something about red pens, yeah. and then and then versus blue pens, and then you were riding horses with reins, and you were chasing. No, <laughs> I, I, I don't know how it all happened, but talk to us about the process. Sure. Um, so we, we, this is the largest and more compre- most comprehensive election audit that's ever been done, period. Wow. You know? And so we, we looked at everything from an actual vote totals to we did paper examination. Um, we, um, we looked at the voting machines. Um, we took a look at the first official certified results, various different sources, and we made sure that everything all agreed with each other. So it was the most comprehensive audit ever. Um, you're talking about red pens. It was actually blue pens. Oh. And we can tell a little bit of story about the blue pens. Yeah. So when you fill out a ballot in Arizona, you're allowed to fill it out in either black or blue ink. So anytime you're handling a ballot, you don't want to have anything with you that could potentially be used to fill out the ballot, lest you go and fill out another bubble that hadn't been filled out before. Right. Um, so on the first day, when we're setting up in order to, to do our counting, there was actually blue pens on our table because the subcontractor we're working with didn't realize that they could use blue pens. And a reporter called Jen Fifield noticed it and was really upset there was blue pens. She brought it to my attention. We had them off the tables in less than eight minutes. I ran to Staples. We got some red pens. You know, all was well. And this was before a single ballot ever hit the tables. We had this result. Mm-hmm. It was a mistake. It was fixed. 
And yet, the number of times it comes up the news over and over and over again is, is ridiculous. I, I actually, I've, I've nicknamed named Jen Blue Pen Jen now because, <laughs> because she started that story. I don't, I don't know if she knows about that nickname. Hopefully, now she'll know about that nickname. She will now. I call her, I call her Blue Pen Jen. That's funny. <laughs> Uh, you, you, I guess the other thing too, since we're in this state, since we're moving on, you know, one of the things I keep hearing as as people are talking about the audit that is just coming out is that this is the first audit that you guys have ever done and something like this. Which, could you kind of speak to a little bit, you guys' qualifications to be able to do an audit like this? Because you just said it's the biggest sure. audit that's ever been done, kind of in American history. Got the, the yeah. last part on there. Yeah, they've never tested all this stuff that we tested. Um, so I personally am involved in the, the Antrim case, Antrim election case, where I took a very close look at the voting equipment that's up there. I've got a report that's published. It's, I believe it's on Matt DiPerno's website that talks about various problems in the, the, um, in the software being utilized for elections. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I followed very closely. I've been involved in election integrity stuff pretty much since November 14th. I, I left my house and joined a group of people looking into this and didn't really get home till Christmas Eve mm. um, and, and have continued to work and study and understand what's happened and what's being reported. Um, so the group that we brought in originally to do the, the hand counting had done hand counting in two different counties before. Mm-hmm. Um, it was much smaller scope. A lot of people don't realize this, but Maricopa County is actually the third largest county in the country. Right. Mm. And so for our first complete audit to do, to choose the third largest you know, county in the country was definitely a huge and big endeavor. Uh-huh. Um, Cypher, who we had doing some of the forensic work, they do forensic work all day long. So it's, it's not true that we didn't have any experience, but it certainly was not to the magnitude um, or to the size of what we of the tasks that we took on um, there in Maricopa County. So here's I mean, I'm just going to jump in. Y'all mind if I'm, I'm just going straight up jump in. So here's, here's a real question we that everybody's for. been waiting for since this whole thing started. Is Trump going to be president again? <laughs> what y'all find? It's gonna tell us. Let's just be straight up. That's what everybody's thinking. You Did know, y'all find something's going? Supposed to be on the list of questions you don't ask. Oh, okay. no. I'm, just, I'm, just I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So uh, that was that's never been the goal of our audit. You know, our goal of our audit was to to help um, give Arizona Senate um, information for legislative form, reform to, to solve any problems that we might have found. Um, and secondly, to help restore faith in the election system. Because when 47% of Americans believe an election was rigged, our democracy is failing. And it doesn't even matter if that's real or whether that's fake. Uh, the perception of voting not counting um, can have a serious impact in our country. Um, so our goal from the beginning was to make sure that, that we went through, we found any problems that might exist, we addressed those, we gave recommendations on how to fix them, and that the legislative changes could happen. If anything beyond that happens, that I mean, that's that's up to legislators. You know what they're going to do and handle. It was completely outside the scope. It was never my goal, my or my aim. My aim was just to find the truth and to reveal the truth. And so, did you find that the audit confirmed the election results were for the most part accurate, or were the election results um, uh, false, false, and had problems? So, th- I think the answer is yes. No, um, no, no. Right. wait a second. Wait talking, a I second. feel like I'm talking to a Pharisee now. So, so let, let, let's explain. Yeah. So when we, our actual hand count um, was was actually very close to the official results. Um, it was off by 100 or so per candidate, less than over 1,000 votes overall. And, and for the record, that would make our hand counting procedure the most accurate hand counting process ever being utilized because they said we're supposed to be off by 2%. Um, so all that criticism of our methodology and everything, 
we are actually the most precise hand count going through. And so the, the hand count matched. But then the question, the question that came in is we had a number of different findings associated with mail-in ballots and other situations that should not have occurred. So if you no longer live in an address and your mail-in ballot was mailed to that address, it's really difficult for you to, to actually mail in that ballot and vote that way, right. especially when legally, by law, mail-in ballots are not allowed to be forwarded. And specifically, I believe it was a little over 23,000 people we ran into the circumstance, which is more than the margin of victory for the actual election. Right. Um, and when we did these numbers, one of the, we want to be absolutely sure we, we took account of as many situations as possible. So we actually ran statistics um, you know, on those households. And any time that the person in the household had the same last name as the voter, even after that person moved out, we didn't include those in those results. So originally, I think it was 26,000. That knocked about 3,000 people out because okay. we assumed that if they have the same last name, they're probably a relative, and it's very reasonable that you could swing around and say, I'm sorry, I forgot to change my address for my own ballot, and you could get it, and you could vote in it. Uh-huh. Um, but still, it's 23,000. Now, I don't know what the explanation of that is. That's not proof of fraud. That's not for proof of any nefarious stuff, but it's something that needs to be looked into and something that we would really encourage the Attorney General to validate. Mm-hmm. Um, was that as simple as... In 23,000 cases, people swung by their own old residence and picked up the mail-in ballot and voted. Yeah. Could be. Um, if they're still within the same county and they're still within the same precinct, that's actually legal. Um, if they were outside of the, the county or outside of, you know, outside of the state, right. it becomes legality becomes more questionable. But it's still, at least it's, it's an individual voter, an individual vote. So like, it could be illegal, but it's no, not as big of a deal. Do you know the numbers um, on how many of those mail-in ballots uh, were for Trump and how many were for Biden? No, uh, the nature of our voting system is, is that at the point where that envelope is separated, you know, your, your vote, your, uh, your ballot is separated from the envelope, there's no way to match it up anymore. Um, so there's no way to know out of those 23,000, mm. how many were for Trump or how many for Biden. We don't, and, but the thing is, it, it could also be, you know, in the worst case scenario, someone found out some way to get all these ballots that should have been returned to sender. They picked up that stack and they filled them all out for someone and they sent it in to be a conspiracy. And it yeah. could have all been one for candidate. We really, we don't know. And that's why the attorney general really needs to look into it. Yep. And it's very important the attorney general looks into it. So people say, did you find fraud? We found things that should not have happened. Uh, it's up to the attorney general to really determine if it was or was not. What were the top three things that you kind of found that shouldn't have happened? Um, Depends which way you look at it. You know, so the top, top numbers were, were definitely all associated with um, people voting who should have moved out of state. Um, And that's, you know, general category broken up in two or three things. But from my standpoint, a lot of the, um, a lot of what was done on the actual voting machines uh, was a really big concern. Um, They actually, the day before Maricopa County actually hired two companies to perform a limited audit. It was really more like a certification than an audit. They didn't really look at the results didn't really look at the details. And if there was any proof of that, the day before their, their audit actually began, someone logged into, logged into their software and chose clear the database. Okay. As in all the election results for the entire election were deleted from the database and all the files associated with it were deleted off the file system. And that happened on February 1st, when the audits were supposed to start on February 2nd. So data was deleted, data was gone. In addition, right before they shut down the machines to bring them over to us, they actually deleted the entire folder that, w- that had the databases in it associated with the results. Um, so there was a lot of destruction of data that was involved in it. Um, 
did they violate the law? Did they not violate the law? That's for the attorney general to determine. Um, based on law, they're supposed to hand on to election records for 22 months. Um, that's definitely true for ballots. It's usually interpreted for ballot images. Everything else, judges kind of go back and forth as to whether it's it's counted or not. So it's unclear in this. But in any case, if they had a backup of the stuff they deleted, they could legitimately say they maintained a copy. At the same time, making our life as auditors very, very difficult. Okay. Uh, so but from my standpoint, that's a huge deal. Quite, yeah, I, that that is a concern. But if you hand counted everything and it verified the election results, doesn't that mean it doesn't? I mean, that's a problem that they're deleting the digital copies of it, but if you hand count everything, it didn't really matter. doesn't really matter. Did, did it not? That is an excellent point, and that's something that's been brought up a lot. But if that was the case, then why didn't we just hand count? Why, why did we look at everything? And the fact of the matter is, is we wanted to validate without a shadow of a doubt everything in the different ways and that things can be manipulated. So if the hand count matches official results, our assumption is election system in the middle is correct and valid. But, you know, if you want to look at the worst-case scenario – what if, and I know this is, this is a stretch, I'm not saying I believe this, but what if someone manipulated the voting system and made changes on it, and then they replaced a pallet of ballots so it all matched? How would I know in my system? You know, if I had a clean election system, I could validate it. That's why we had all the stages we wanted to validate, and I could validate every single number matched up. I could pretty clearly say there was no way that they then injected ballots into the system in order to make it work. Yes. And again, I'm not saying that happened, right. you know, but part of my job is to think of the worst case scenario uh-huh. and try to look into every way in order to, to eliminate it. And that is a possibility. So what you're arguing there is that you, you had no way of kind of check and balancing the hard ballots versus the digital results and that someone could have looped back around to change the hard ballots or, or add hard ballots to um, match up to what happened in the machines. Basically is what you're arguing. Correct. And our goal in the audit from the beginning was try to eliminate, you know, every single one of the, the theories people had on what had happened. That's one of the reasons why we looked at paper examination, so that we could try to eliminate this theory that ballots were flown in uh, from from South Korea or China and injected into the system. You know, if right. we looked at the paper, it would have shown up differently. You know, we wanted to restore confidence in the election system. That meant eliminating a lot of things that people had out there as possible theories. Um, I believe we've disproven that one um, as an example. I believe we've disproven Sharpie Gate. Um, and I would have liked it if we could just disprove even more of this stuff. Uh, but without Maricopa County's cooperation and with specifically with some of this destruction of, of, of data for us to work with, it made it yeah. increasingly difficult. Yeah. One of the other items that's been touted uh, you know, quite a bit, trotted out from the report, is like around 17,000 duplicate ballots. Um, what, what's the story with that? Okay, I think you're talking about Dr. Shiva's, um, Dr. Shiva's findings. I think he had 17,000 people that he received. He had more than one ballot envelope received from them. Is that correct? That may be the case. The, um, I'm going off of actually our lieutenant governor did a news release a couple days ago responding to the Cyber Ninja report, uh, lieutenant governor of Idaho. Idaho. Um, and, okay. and she reports that as a result of the months-long audit of Maricopa County, these are results from the audit that she thinks are concerning. So this is the Lieutenant Governor of Idaho, and she lists among them the 23,000 mail-in ballots from persons no longer living at their mailing address, which you've already addressed. And then the next one on the list that she lists is 17,322 duplicate ballots. Um, so I'm not exactly sure where she's getting her information. I'm curious if okay, you do. I'm pretty sure that's associated. So, um, Dr. Shiva actually got the ballot envelopes, um, which had the signatures on them. We did analysis. It wasn't signature validation, but it was a look at the signatures to see how many of them were blank, how many of them weren't much more than a scribble, 
and so forth. And there were a significant number of individuals um, where the, the, the accepted ballot was, in fact, a blank signature. Um, and what he classified as a scribble was really more along the lines of what you might consider like 10 dots on a sheet of paper. That was like enough to make it a scribble. And he found thousands of those as well. In addition, he found a whole bunch of, of multiple ballots that were received um, where like, so you're Joe Smith. So he found two or three ballots, you know, two or three ballot envelopes from Joe Smith, as in Joe Smith had sent in more than one ballot. Um, and what was interesting about that is he compared it against the, the EV33s, which in Maricopa County is a list of individuals that had returned ballots via mail-in. And he found that when there was, when the EV33s said that someone had returned two or three ballots, it didn't match up with the envelopes that he showed returned two or three ballots. Um, so there's, again, and there was a lot of discrepancies between the whole systems where numbers did not match up with each other. And that was, I think, from my standpoint, one of the most concerning things is that if you have the official canvas, which has the total number of ballots, that were cast, and there was X thousand for Trump, X you know, or X million for Trump, X you know, for whatever for Biden, and then you have a list of everyone who voted. It you should have the same number of ballots from the list of everyone who voted mm-hmm. as you have of the votes that were actually received, right. and there was discrepancies in those, and then there was discrepancies between you know if someone voted early, there was these things called EV thirty twos and EV thirty threes. EV thirty twos was when the mail in ballot was mailed. EV33s when a mail-in ballot was received or someone voted early, and none of this stuff all matched up. It was all off anywhere from a couple hundred to about 3,400. And when you're talking about an election that was determined by, I think it was roughly 10,400 yeah, votes, right. and you're talking about 3,500, that puts a serious question into the system if it's 7, not precise votes. enough. Yeah, and, and so, Doug, yeah. too, what people were concerned about with that, though, is that there might have been multiple votes from those numbers, but what we end up finding out, though, that there wasn't multiple votes from them, those numbers, correct? It was Those were only counted once. We have no way to know for sure if they were counted once or they're counted twice. It's our assumption that they were only counted once, but we really don't have any concrete way to know. But, but, um, if, but, but if you hand count. But if, but if your hand count yeah. oh, matched yeah, yeah, the yeah, total, yeah. right? then, then did, doesn't that confirm? No, no. That, that does, well, that confirms that the number of ballots they received matches the total. However, if your list of number of people, of list of people who voted doesn't match the total ballots, how do you know that some of those weren't double counted? I end up with X number yeah. of sheets of paper. The sheets yeah. of paper match up. Right. But if the list of people is short by 3,400 something, which is it was, how do I know that there weren't 3,400 so, that were double counted? So what you're I saying, can't tell you that. But you're yep. not, so in, in my understanding, you're not saying like, it sounds like it's not really duplicate ballot counting so much as it's duplicate duplicate voting you've got vote guys voting you're saying potentially as somebody voting the, several times the same name voting several times and all of that getting that all of that's counted and you have no way of matching that to an uh, individual is that yeah, right and, yeah and we we don't and, and part of that's by design because again right. you're supposed to have a secret ballot so right. once it's separated from that envelope I have no way to tra- track it back to it. Otherwise, I'd be able to tell who you voted for. Right. Um, and there's so many problems with that. Um, so, like, we can say there's a discrepancy between the official canvas and the VM55 file, which is a list of people that went in there. And we can say that we received two or three ballots from John Smith. 
But I don't have any way of knowing that that means maybe, I mean, most likely only one of John Smith's count, but I don't have any way to know if that's why there's a gap there Got it. or whether there's some other reason. I can't tell you. That's really helpful. That, that makes sense. So um, it seems to me that, okay, granted the Arizona elections were decided by about 10,000 votes in the presidential race, um, but it still seems to me that there wasn't like a mass fraud problem in Arizona. You're definitely pointing out some areas that can be concerning and need more research. Because of some messy housekeeping, even. Or messy housekeeping, yeah, which yeah. is very likely. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't seem like this was a there's evidence mass problem. I, I, would, I would tend to agree with you. That is the most likely answer. Um, but, like, if we take a look at their 23,000 votes uh, as a specific example, if that was somehow, you know, the worst-case scenario – where someone found a way to get the rejected ballots that returned, you know, returned back to the mail center and they got them, they filled them out for them. It could have been mass and it could have been larger than just the people who moved. Um, so we don't really have a way to know. I like, I really, I think the best way to say is that the attorney general's investigation should be able to prove without a shadow of a doubt. I'm not inclined to believe that it, you know, that is the actual explanation to what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll know like the attorney general, assuming he does a real investigation into this should be able to rule out the possibilities and be able to confirm why it is we're seeing some of these discrepancies mm-hmm. to prove that it was more clerical errors, right. human error, than it was something else. But I, we can't say conclusively right now. We yeah. just can't say. Because you're, so, you're just auditing. You, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> right now, if you had to say, okay, man, this is just – let's just say we, we chalk this up at this point to like, this is just bad house clipping. We've got you, comfortable – You always chalk it up. I do. I do. <laughs> Um, and, and, and we don't need to be as, as loose as we are right now with how we do elections. And this is bad. It's, let's just say it's not nefarious at this point. And you say, here's some things I would like to do so that we can continually keep it fair and everybody can agree that this is right. And that, that, uh, we don't actually get anybody who wants to act nefarious in the system. What are some things that you would do that you suggest? So- so some of the recommendations we had, first and foremost, I recommend they create an audit department. No. Um, that would, that would no. audit elections on a regular basis. No, Doug. No. Did you say more no. government? No. Not more bureaucracy. <laughs> no. I want to create an audit department of the okay. audit department to make sure the audit department that no, 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 is, no, no, I just no, created. No, no, not all those layers. One layer. Let me, let me tell you something. So okay. I work in the application security space. That's my core business. I can tell you all the time that I'm working in an industry does not regularly conduct security assessments or do not regularly test, their software is going to be atrocious. Without a doubt, if you're not checking it, it's not getting better. So you have to check it. And the way to check it was an audit department. So it doesn't have to be something huge, but they have to be validating. Without a doubt, what we found in our auditing is that they weren't used to being audited before. It was all messed up. It didn't make auditing easy. And it needs to make auditing easy. It needs to be able to be validated. We need to be able to give confidence and transparency to American people. So, yes, yes, I'm not for big government, but this is an important thing. So after we create the IRS, what? I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't get past that. Um, but, but I guess, I mean, but seriously, um, I, I mean, I, I appreciate the point. Like needing, I mean, check our math. Accountability. Check, check your math is, a, is a, you know, something I tell my son all the time. Check, double check your math. But um, we're at the point where I don't, I don't trust so many people in leadership. And you're saying, let's put some people in charge of counting the math. And I'm, and I'm with Gabe. I'm like, well, then do we have people that will check their math? And then the people that will check their math? And then, I mean, how do you, and, and then, you know, right now it's on, you know, the, the shoes on one foot, but of course, you know, what happens when the shoes on the other and, you know, it's, it's, you know, 
run by a bunch of liberals who don't care about the <coughs> truth and think we all evolved from pond scum. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah but, but there's this thing called the Bible. Hey, <laughs> is, now you're and, talking. And it, and it says that God holds Cain's hearts in his hands. And, and, you know, there there is something in government, and God has ordained government. Yes. And so it's not to say that it can't get corrupt. It can't say that it can't go the wrong way. Um, but having the right things in place, I think, is an important thing to have happen. And um, Now, this is not to say that, like, if we set things up for easy audits, it doesn't mean there shouldn't also be independent audits periodically to validate it. Okay. But if there's an internal department, they can do it for cheaper. They can do it more regularly. Yeah. Um, they can do it without any type of interference um, like we ran into. Um, and they can make sure there's continuous improvement. And if they're not checking it, if it's not being checked, it's not getting better. I don't know. Like, I don't so know, Doug. You, you got all sorts of flaws there, man. You just said they could do it for cheaper. <laughs> no. So, so, Doug, am I understanding you then that, that this would be a uh, government? You may have a point there. <laughs> <laughs> that would, would this, be, this would be a government entity then, right? Correct. It would be, it would be a government entity. Do now, you, it's, as someone who, I mean, you do cybersecurity for a living. And, yes. And, like, and, I, and I'm thinking... You know, so I don't like. I just assume that you know Joe Biden is reading my emails. Like I just assume that you know yeah. the IRS knows how much money I got in my bank account right now. I just sort of assume that you know, I, hi guys, like they're looking at me right now on my screen. Camera. <laughs> um, so I mean, again, I'm I'm curious. Given your background, I would assume that maybe you're even jumpier than me in certain respects. And now he's got the security, but I, yeah, maybe so. But like, yeah, I, I'm there confident the DOJ is reading my emails now. I'm just saying, <laughs> he's Tucker Carlson. Yeah. So, but I mean, so I mean, given the like my jumpiness about like I just assume um, everybody's reading my emails, everybody knows my bank account, my social security, my credit card numbers, and all the rest of it. I mean, but you're saying you would trust like there's a way to set up a, an audit um, office, an office of election integrity, or whatever. Um, that you think actually would have integrity? I mean, we have to hold our government accountable and we have to ensure in transparency. And just, just creating this department doesn't suddenly get rid of our obligations to hold them accountable. Right. Um, yes, without, without a doubt. I mean, I would love to have it be, you know, I don't, did you guys ever watch live streams from our audit? Did you, you ever look yeah, into yeah, that? You know, hit play. You know, like videos just live streaming the audit, people oh, counting stuff. Oh, like yeah, that. sure. Yeah, you, yeah, can, yeah. you can yeah. see everything that was happening. Yeah. Like the number of reports we got from someone, you know, that we, that we had to go in and validate, like what they were able to see was amazing. I mean, by all means, the audits to have that level of transparency, now you're that level brother. of accountability. <laughs> and the, the other thing that you got to realize is that if this is government and it's an audit, it's government, it means that their results are foyable, which means we can have public disclosure to hold them accountable to see what was done and what was not done and to validate that to some level of certainty. Yeah. So like, it's not, it's not perfect. Um, but if there's if there's someone holding that bar and regulating that bar on a regular basis, it's going to be better than when there's there's no accountability right now. Yeah. There's no one besides Maricopa County holding Maricopa County accountable. Um, they didn't want to be audited. They didn't want us to look underneath the curtain. Um, that was obvious by the way they behaved and the way they acted. And we, they need to be something more regular in order to ensure that that doesn't become a problem. I, I was just saying. In Doug's defense, he'd only communicate with me through signal and fax. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Doug, we, we got stuck on one. So what were some other things that you would you would suggest? Um, sorry, just thinking through this. So I, I, I think my joke my was just not good. It just reset you. It was a, it was a really <laughs> No, it just reset it, me. It reset just me. Went, I don't know where I am It landed anymore. so well. Um, 
So uh, another thing that I think is, is really, really important is that there needs to be a full accounting of ballots and it needs to balance and that needs to be legislated. So when I was talking about the official canvas and the list of who voted and the mail-out ballots, all of those systems need to be in agreement with each other and need to 100% match. Um, I think that that alone will help help clarify it and go through everything because it's if you're trying to, to monkey with a system um, and be nefarious, it's much more difficult to modify it in one spot and not another. And so that can cause things not to balance. Um, not to mention, you'll just get better accounting if everybody has to have it. So I think that is something that's also extremely important. Um, I think fair. the third thing. I think the third thing that that I, I really mentioned. I mean, this is from my background. I'm an application security guy. Is that we need to have a standard by which the voter roll software um, and the the voting systems themselves are are built to, where they ensure confidentiality, integrity um, of the systems. Because based on some of the data we've seen out of Maricopa County. There's registration dates that were changing all the time. They don't make any sense. Um, you've got people changing from male to female in the records, like things that just don't make logical sense. And if you have properly designed software, you have a full audit trail, and it's difficult for any vulnerabilities to allow that to be changed. And so we need to have a high standard for the software that's being built that should be to the same standard, if not higher standard, than financial services. Um, and that will give us a much more accountability into what's going on. Are you talking about like Dominion voting machines, like that kind of stuff? Yeah, Dominion voting machines, but also specifically the voter rolls. Okay. Um, at, to give you an example, um, so in, in Pennsylvania, they have a system called Sure, um, And it is, it is, we have multiple reports from people that it's riddled with security vulnerabilities that may allow things to be changed. Um, and specifically that there's a, programming interface, you know, a way to interact it with programs that was built by, um, by a, a, a left-wing activist group to give access to the voter rolls, potentially over the internet, and it was being utilized by a whole bunch of other left-wing groups. That they could, it was rumored that it could potentially add, remove, or modify voter rolls over the internet. Um, as you can imagine, if, you could, if that is true and if that is real, and, and just be clear, I have not validated this. I'm not saying this is true, but this is rumors. And I can tell you that across the board, we've had people report that voter roll software is extremely vulnerable and has what OWASP top 10 is like the top security vulnerabilities out there, but they're riddled with them. We've had this reported. I've got a few affidavits in that regard. Um, but if it's true, it could potentially mean that someone adds someone to the rolls or removes someone to the rolls or changes stuff. Um, so just imagine for a second that right before an election, I go into the voter rolls and I change your address to be my post office box and the mail mail-in ballot, and then I change it back right immediately after that's mailed. Now I have your ballot, I fill it out, and I mail it in. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a huge problem. Let's assume that, that another 10,000 people are added to the rolls um, that don't actually exist. Those are people that have to be voted. So, like, locking down on the voter rolls is probably one of the fundamental things we need to do. In fact, that's something really important is cleaning up the voter rolls across the country. There's a lot of people who should not be on the voter rolls, whether they're they're fraudulently or just because they, you know, the voter rolls weren't cleaned up. They need to be cleaned up. And every type of fraud is more difficult when the voter rolls are clean because you need that wider base to choose from in order to cast votes um, if you have a high turnout election. My bet, my okay. bet is on that both sides probably know that. Why this is why nobody wants to clean it up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's, I, if I had to take I, a guess. I 100% agree with that, and based on my experience um, dealing with multiple in multiple states, I, I can tell you that we've had as much opposition at times from Republicans as we have Democrats. It's not just a right wing left 
yeah. left wing thing. Yeah. Um, that's why this should be an American thing to fix it up. Um, everybody should care that votes are cast how they're intended. Um, everyone should be on board with it. And I was, that was one of the things that was so disappointing in all this, that, you know, being categorized as some partisan hack, you know, trying to manipulate results versus, you know, seeking truth and integrity right. and making sure that our most in, important, one of our most important processes in our country, voting, was something that, that could be, you know, trusted. I, I want to say, I think it's important to note that um, when I first got connected with Doug um, a long, long time ago, let's just put it that way. So no one has a timestamp on it. Um, when Doug first faxed me, um, uh, and when we t- I talked to Doug on the phone, and, and his, his first comments were just like, you know, I'm a Christian, and I just want the truth to come out. I, I don't care if... If the truth is that Biden won the election or Trump won the election, I, you know, I want the truth. Right. And that's the kind of, um, yeah, you know, people we want auditing. Absolutely. That's the kind of people we want holding our system accountable. If you don't love Jesus, you don't love the truth, you don't have a standard for justice, then you aren't going to have a standard for how to process even these problems. Right. Well, and honestly, as much as, and Doug, I appreciate what you do. I'm thankful for what you guys are doing. Um, here's the real the real problem. We need people with change hearts. Yeah, <laughs> we right. don't have we a soft, Yeah, we don't just have <laughs> software problems because a wicked man is going to try and be wicked regardless right. of what the situation is. That's, That's right. what wickedness is. But when people who fear God and, and try and act in a godly way, and a nation fears God, then you get you can have the most messed up janky system, and yeah. it'll still work better than the most. Yep. You know, dialed up, pimped out system. Yep. And yep. it's the people that are the problem at the end of the day. And we need revival. We need yep. God to change these our our hearts. We got right. discrepancies in our hearts. Yeah. So <laughs> yes, that's that's the real issue. That's 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 the real issue. Doug, where can people go to read the full audit? Uh, so actually on the A Z legislator of site they have um, both the hearing, you can watch the entire hearing, and there is in fact um, a link for all the reports. I can send you some links if you want to. Include. Yes, let's put those, I have I have one yeah. link he sent me. Yeah, let's put yeah, that inside the show notes. Me. He so faxed this me is, the link. This is, <laughs> hey, hey, Doug, thank you for coming and joining us on the show, man. This is a great time to pitch people to the app because yeah. if you have the app, you can get all these lovely links that Doug and his people over at yeah, Cyber Ninjas right. have been working on. So, hey, if you're single, get married. If you're married, have kids, and if you have kids, go baptize them. Until Sunday, love God with all your heart, soul, <laughs> mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. You haven't heard that. Have you yeah, heard that. Go fight, no, <laughs> laugh, and feast. This is cross politics. <laughs> oh, yeah, we Presbyterians, though. <laughs> All the way.